Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Podcast. My name is Nick LaPena and I'm the host for the podcast series. I'm really excited today because um, we do have Greg Rodham from Sterling Lending Services on board. Uh, he's got a, a huge amount of experience in finance and he's going to come on board and give us the ins and outs and sort of what's happening in the, in the finance industry at the moment. So before we get started, um, our mission is to provide as much information to all buyers and sellers in the industry and be a one-stop shop for anything that they would want to know. So um, if you do find this valuable, please tell one of your friends about it so they can also get some value value from it, um, especially if they want to get into the real estate industry, um, You know whether, whether that's buying or selling. Sterling Lending Services is a, a group of brokers. Yes. Um, we all uh, worked together at some point in our previous life in banking. Yes. Um, we all had a similar philosophy on how we dealt with customers and, and um, we felt that we weren't able to do what we wanted to do well working for a bank. Yes. So we um, branched out and started our own businesses. Yes. Um, we started them at different times. So uh, the, the founder actually started about nine years ago mm-hmm. um, and I, um, I started my brokerage about five years ago. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. And tell us a bit about yourself. Um, how did you How did you get into to lending and finance? Yeah, so um, I started in finance in two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. Um, previous to that, I was um, working in an insurance company. Yeah. Um, traveling to Brisbane, and I wanted to cut that commute shorter because yes. I lived on the Gold Coast. So I just reached out to the network, and um, you know, insurance and banking sort of fairly similar. So I got into uh, working for a bank, um, yep. got into a lending role, I enjoyed it. Um, it was something that I felt like I was doing pretty well, so mm-hmm. I stuck with it. Um, and um, so, yeah, I worked for Westpac for nearly 10 years, mm-hmm. went into um, Bank of Queensland after that and then started the business. So it's been a really good journey. Yeah, awesome. And tell us a bit more about um, the business. Obviously, you would have had your challenges, ups and downs. Tell us a little bit, of, a bit about that. Yeah, well, I guess starting any business is always... Um, scary and a challenge in itself yeah um i'm a i've got a wife and a family to support so that was um obviously a bit um a bit nerve-wracking um cutting off a salary and starting the business yeah um but i knew what i was doing i had a i planned it for probably about four years before i started um i just had to take the plunge Mm -hmm. um the the difference i guess between what i was doing is i was working for a lender who had a credit policy mm-hmm. um and i found that i had a good um network of clients that i wasn't able to uh, meet their requirements just with one mm. bank mm. so i wanted more choice uh for my clients yeah to grow yeah and um so yeah the 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 finance um, broking business made sense yeah um we um, aggregated through australian finance group who's the biggest um aggregator in the country yes um and probably the biggest lender panel as well so we've mm-hmm. got 40 lenders that we've got um access to beautiful so yep. we generally can find a home for most scenarios yep. yeah yeah definitely and and so um for people listening um obviously uh it, ex- explain the main differences from obviously your bank and and a broker mm-hmm. which is which you kind of have already but but um, in simple terms, for, for people that might be getting first first home buyers getting into the market. Mm, okay, so um, think of a bank as um, they've got a broad range of products as far as transaction accounts and mm-hmm. credit cards and insurances. Where if you're after a, uh, a loan mm-hmm. and you go into a bank, you'll get one set of products. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go to a broker, generally you'll get more choice, a lot more choice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the convenience of seeing uh, having someone come to you mm-hmm. rather than having to go to them. So you'll get to see someone in hours that suit you. Mm-hmm. So if it's after hours on a weekend, most brokers are comfortable to do that. Yeah. And um, and generally um, expertise. So a lot of brokers um, have had previous experience in banking. Yeah. Whereas um, so think of the old bank manager twenty years ago mm. um, that had the experience, sat in the chair and and um, and and wrote the loans. Mm. Um, unfortunately, those days are over for most banks. They've got generally younger staff and, and less experienced staff doing home loans. Yeah. Um, whereas if you go to a broker, generally, they've, um, I know with our, with our group, we've got minimum 10 years experience in a bank before we started our business. Awesome. So um, you'll get choice, convenience and expertise versus a single set of products. Yeah, fantastic. And, and I know how you've worked and you've um, helped some of my clients and, and myself with, with lending and um, uh, you're a great guy. And, and what sort of um, uh, are things that uh, should, um, you know, the, the uh, clients or, or buyers or sellers look out for when, when going for a loan uh, um, or getting a, getting a loan? Okay, so um, one thing is um, home, people think of home loans, the first thing they think of is interest rate. Yeah. Um, whereas um, there's, well, there's probably nearly 100 different lenders in, in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all got a different, um, I guess, appetite for different types of clients. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's not the interest rate which is the most important thing for your loan. Yeah. It might be... Well, firstly, um, who you qualify with mm-hmm. uh, and who's going to provide a loan that suits your requirements now mm-hmm. and that can be um, able to suit your requirements in the future. Yeah. Um, so um, I guess I, I would probably, before you walk into a bank or a broker, I'd probably take the emphasis off interest rate mm-hmm. and just look more look at options yep. and solutions to mm-hmm. your s- specific situation. Yep. Um, when you come to see a broker, um, they gen- well, we're all gonna generally work out your capacity first. Um, and how does, how does that get worked out? Yeah, so your capacity to purchase a property, especially if you're a first home buyer, um, yeah. you need to know what your price range is before you start going shopping. Yeah. Um, strongly recommend any first home buyer to, to do a pre-approval or at least pre-qualify the loan before you start definitely. shopping. Definitely. So you yeah, know yeah, what definitely. You can't do. I, I agree with that one. <laughs> uh, in Queensland, as you know, Nick, yeah. um, most finance clauses are 14 days. Yeah. And it, it takes, with a lot of lenders, 14 days to get a finance approval. So you want to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so come in, we'll work out your capacity by way of assessing your income, um, your expenses, so that's your everyday living expenses. Yeah. Um, what your loan repayments are on other debts. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at where your income comes from, whether you're self-employed or whether you work for someone or you know, whether mm. you're casual mm. or full-time. Mm. Um, and we, we do an assessment to work out on the broad um, range of lenders that we've got what they'll let you borrow. Yep. And um, you'll find that there'll be a big difference between the top end and the bottom end. Yep. It could be 20, 30% difference. Yeah, wow. Yep. So one lender... For example, might let you borrow six hundred thousand, where another one might only let you borrow four hundred thousand. Wow! Yeah. So we work that out first, and mm-hmm. then we talk through um, what level of deposit you're going to need mm-hmm. to get into the into the property. Yeah. So I'd say come prepared um, with as much information about your financial situation as you can. Yeah. Know your budget, um, and um, and prepared be prepared to be asked 
you know, specific questions yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, perfect. And on that note, I just, I just thought of something as, as you were sort of speaking. Is there, is there a way that someone can increase their capacity without dramatically increasing their income? Are there ways to do that? Yeah, um, yeah, there is. Um, well, well, firstly, just by picking a different lender can yeah. drastically improve your capacity. Yeah, so yeah. if you walk into your current bank, they'll mm. tell you what they'll let you borrow. Mm-hmm. And if and you, you, I, I guess you don't want to take that as gospel. Mm-hmm. You need to work out who else is going to lend you the money yeah. and, and how much they'll give you. Um, you need to work out too, you know, some lenders are quite aggressive. Mm. So you want to make sure that the amount that you're looking to borrow, the top end is still affordable for you. Mm-hmm. Just a little disclaimer there. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but um, ways of improving your capacity could be by way of um, reducing some other debt. Mm-hmm. So if you're carrying a high credit card limit, um, the most of the banks assess the limit being fully drawn. Mm. So if you've got, say, for example, a $20,000 credit card, mm-hmm. you're only using 5000 of it. Yeah, generally, mm-hmm. um, maybe reducing it to ten thousand can increase your your loan capacity by you know twenty thirty thousand. Yeah, perfect. Mm. And um, uh, on that note of like reducing debt, how important is it to um, to make sure that you know um, people are not getting into that default zone, and how does that affect their um, yeah yeah so lending. Um, so the lenders are looking at not only your income and your ability to repay them mm. um, and your deposit they're also looking at your account conduct mm-hmm. um, so the credit reporting in Australia has had some pretty um, major um, improvements in the last couple of years yeah so um, a lender can now see m- mostly uh, most of the lenders can see when they look at your credit check mm. what live credit facilities you've got mm-hmm. they can see 24 month history of the repayments Yep. So whether you've defaulted it or not, they can still see if you're 15 days late mm-hmm. um, or whether you're paying the, the, the uh, repayments on time. And mm. then all that feeds into a credit score. Mm. Um, if you've missed your payments and you, and you actually do go into default, so yep. if a lender's contacting you or if it's a telephone company mm. or a power company and, and you're not responding and they do default you, mm-hmm. it does actually put a... a uh, default on your credit history mm-hmm. and they can be with you for five years. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, I would say um, always make your payments on time. Yeah. And, um, and if you are finding it difficult, if there's a situation where you're in hardship, mm. contact the lender and let them know what the situation is. They might be able to help you through it rather than yep. defaulting you, yep. which might impede your ability to borrow for the next five years. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And um, uh, are there any sort of um, uh, uh, tips or, or tricks to potentially getting approvals um, easier? Uh, yeah, so... Um, well, again, it comes down to the lender. So yep. some lenders are easier to do business with than others. Mm-hmm. And, and it also comes down to your personal situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, if you're self-employed, yep. um, there's out of the lenders on our panel, there's, there's lenders that do look after self-employed applicants really well. Yep. And there's some that don't. So um, if we, you know, obviously providing your tax returns is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having that information available, but um, but knowing your situation, you know, some I guess um, you know having your tax paid, uh, knowing what your uh, future earnings are going to be. Yeah. So we might we're now in September, mm-hmm. so we just finished the financial year. You might go into your bank with your two thousand and eighteen tax returns, for example, mm-hmm. and say, "This is what I earned um, last year. Um, can I get a loan based on these figures?" Yeah. And it might not be the result you're after. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas 
Now, looking at your your financials for two thousand and nineteen, which not might not be lodged yet, mm-hmm. um, having a look at draft figures and then maybe providing those yep. um, can help to um, potentially get a better result. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I answered your question. Yeah, no, no, that's good. No, that's good. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. And um, um, on that note uh, of of um, lending and and getting the loans. Um, when you when you're going for the when the client has purchased a home or wants to purchase a home, how important is the valuation mm. um, coming in close to that uh, approval? I know that um, um, obviously some properties fall over mm. because the valuation yep. um, hasn't come in. Yeah, what? How does that happen, and what does that mean? Yep. Okay. Good question, Nick. Um, so um, the the lenders use a third party um, company to mm. um, value the their property for them. Yep. Um, the, the lender's essentially using the property security for the loan. So yes. if the borrower disappears, they've got an asset to sell to recover the debt. Mm-hmm. So they, um, to protect themselves, they value the property. Yep. Um, they use um, firms, generally they might have three or four different firms that they might use mm-hmm. in any given area. And um, value and, uh, a valuer may have an opinion on a property that's different to another valuer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, which I've had multiple <laughs> times in the past, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I don't want to get into um, a discussion about good and bad valuers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, you might get a, a variance of, of 10% mm. on a value of a property, um, yep. depending on what firm you go through. Mm-hmm. So Bank A might send out you know, one value a firm, that they might have an opinion on a particular property that you're buying and they might undervalue it. Yeah. The bank's using, um, generally lending a percentage of the value of that property. Yeah. So that means that either you have to reduce the loan mm-hmm. or potentially you might be paying mortgage insurance mm. by way of a low valuation or it might actually crash the purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does happen, unfortunately. Yep. Um, where a bank B might send out a different firm mm. And they might value the property on contract price. Yeah. So um, it's important that if, if you are having a trouble with a, with your bank and, yes. and your valuation isn't working out for you, yes. um, get another opinion. Mm. Um, and that's where a broker can come in with a choice yep. is we might um, be able to then quickly turn around and, and um, organise another bank to value the property for you. Yeah. Um, that's important for a purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes probably more so um, the variance come in more when you own a property. Yes. So if you're looking to buy your second home, yep. you want to value your current property. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no contract price that's on um, it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it is really open to interpretation yep. and what's on you know, the, the property databases. Yeah. So um, you know, you might actually find that it's it's good to you know if you do get a bad result for the first valuation is is get mm. another one or maybe a third from yeah. a different bank to get the result you want. Yeah. Yeah, and on refinancing, um uh how does refinancing actually work and and what um if if they wanted to use their home as say they had 200,000 equity, they wanted to use x amount to buy a second home. How does mm. that all work? Yeah, so um, if you've got equity in your home, and, and equity is a word that gets thrown around yeah. quite a bit, yeah. um, equity just simply means that um, you've got you, the value of your loan mm. is um, less than the value of the property. Yes. So if your property is worth a million dollars and your loan is worth 800000 then mm. there's 20% of equity in your home. Sure. Generally, you need that 20% equity before you can start looking at your second home. Yeah. 
So uh, let's say, for example, your loan's 500000 your home's mm-hmm. worth a million, mm-hmm. you've got 500000 there in equity or 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, you potentially might be able to borrow up to 80%, yep. which gives you access to the 300000 Yeah, That 300000 then would be used as your 20% deposit to yes. your next home. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yep. So that's where the valuation can be important because it might be the difference between having a 20% deposit or not. Yeah, and if someone was to refinance their home without buying another home, mm-hmm. um, what does that mean? Yeah, there's reasons for refinancing your home. could be, yep. to one, to get a better interest rate on your loan. Mm-hmm. So if you've contacted your own bank and they're not offering you a rate that's competitive, mm-hmm. you can move your loan to a different lender that's offering you a better deal. Yeah. Um, so that's one reason. Um, so there's got to be an economic reason to do it. It generally takes three to five weeks to yep. do a refinance. So it's not a very quick process, but it, it can be done you know, in, in that period of time. Yep. Um, another reason could be that you want to improve your property. So mm-hmm. you, you might want to um, refinance and borrow a little bit extra to do some renovations. Mm-hmm. It could be to um, refinance and restructure due to, well, we do it a lot, accountants um, who look after customers with, with multiple debts, they might say, look, we need to restructure your debt more mm. effectively, mm. so let's let's look at refinancing Yeah, it. put them all under one, yeah. Um, yeah, there's any number of reasons. Yeah, um, good there, there has to be an economic benefit or some reason to do it. You don't. Yeah. You wouldn't just do it, you know, for the sake of doing it. You wouldn't it. just, um, can someone do it to just pull out cash? Yeah, you can. Yeah, they can. You can yeah. refinance yep. and pull out cash for any legal purpose. Sure. Um, yeah. And the different banks have got different, policies around what they will and won't let you do yeah yeah so that's where it's important to if you you know if you need quite a lot of cash out mm. whether it's to buy a car or whatever mm. the the circumstances are see your broker and they'll let you know which one is which lender is going to be best suited for you yeah great awesome mm. thank you so much and um anything else you would like to add in 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 um yeah so um the interest rate question came in um, when we were having a oh, discussion earlier. Yeah, 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 that's um, right. I forgot about I, that. I don't right. know why I brought that up, but because yeah. um, I, I won't, I don't know what's going to happen with the interest rates. Yeah. But we are um, historically in the um, rates are as low as really what they've ever been in the last at least 20 years. Yeah. Um, and there's potentially, the economists are talking potentially another rate cut. Yeah. To stimulate. Um, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, housing affordability. Yes. Yeah. Um, it may happen, but I, I would say that we're in a low-rate environment for at least another 12 to 18 months. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's, there are some really good um, offers out there in the, in the low threes and even mm-hmm. into the twos, high twos. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you do have a loan that's you've been charged, you know, 4% or above, yeah. you do need to negotiate with the current bank or, or yeah. see a broker to, to negotiate for you. Definitely. And, and on that form, you've just opened up, um, you reminded me on a few other things, it's on the interest rate. Um, tell us a little bit more. I know there's been some policies. Um, I'll just um, turn this off. The, I know there's been some policies um, on changing um, the capacity uh, flooring. Mm. Um, tell us a bit more about that. Yep, it's a good question as well. So um, the government... Um, regulates lending obviously because yep. um, people need to be protected um, sometimes yeah um, the government has put in or did about two or three years ago put in some pretty um, stringent um, regulations on on the lenders on um, how to approve a customer's loan yeah um, they um, so what they said there's an assessment rate which is the floor rate yes they generally said you need to assess this um, person's loan on a rate of 7% or more mm. 
in case rates go up. Yep. Don't assess it on the rate that it is today. Yes. Because they might afford it today, but they might not be able to afford it if it's 7%. Yep. So lenders were using 7%, um, mm. which, you know, now we're talking interest rates in the low threes. Mm. It's over double, double what yeah. someone's paying. Yeah. And the likelihood of getting to 7% is probably slim for a period of time. Yeah. So um, the regulator who's APRA said to the lenders, we, we're going to relax that. Yep. Which means that the floor rate now with, with some lenders is between five and a half and say six and a half. Yeah. Which um, essentially means that um, most Australians' borrowing capacity has increased by, I would say, somewhere between five and 20%, depending on the level of debt they've got. Yes. So people with multiple properties and high levels of debt mm-hmm. really were affected by that assessment rate, mm-hmm. where now they're probably fine if they approached a bank two years ago to get their borrowing capacity, and they mm-hmm. might not have even qualified for the amount of lending that they had, yeah. they might now qualify, mm-hmm. which means that it allows them to get out of you know, interest-only terms that have expired mm-hmm. um, and maybe negotiate a better deal. So yeah. it's a really good point. Yeah. And um, so, if, yeah, for people out there that are listening that haven't um, assessed their borrowing capacity, mm. or if they did in the last two years and they haven't done in the last three months and yeah. they want to see what the difference is, then it, it's not a long process when we can, we can help with that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I would recommend getting that done because uh, there's been a lot changed and, and um, you've you've done a lot for my clients, and I've seen seen it all happen. So, mm. um, yeah. And uh, on that on that final note, um, a- any other valuable thing that you can think of that would uh, uh, people would want to know? Yeah, I would say um, always be um, like keep an eye on on your loan. Yeah. Okay. So if you're not utilizing a broker, because mm-hmm. most brokers, I know we do it very well, is we manage the loan for you. Perfect. And we. We, we're not just into doing a transaction, we're, mm-hmm. we're into uh, taking on a client for life. Yes. So we review your loan and we'll negotiate for you on your behalf with your lender to mm-hmm. make sure that your loan remains competitive. Yeah. If you're not doing that... A lot of people don't do that. You yeah. should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Call your bank and yeah. just find out what your rate is, if you don't mm-hmm. know what it is, and find mm-hmm. out if they can do any better. And yeah. If, and then compare it with someone else mm-hmm. or get a broker to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, yeah, just to one last point on that. I had a yep. customer who was with a major four, still with a major four, that asked me to review their lending. Yes. They've got two properties yes. carrying a debt of about a million dollars. So probably a fairly common demographic on the Gold Coast. Yes. Um, we reviewed their rates um, and we could potentially save them about $12,000 mm. in the first year. Wow. Yeah, that's a big difference, isn't so, it? Yeah. You know, yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get it done. Well, Thank you, Greg, for coming and thank you all for listening. Until next time.